Hi listeners, before we get into it, I just wanted to let you know that this episode contains stories of both physical and emotional abuse, which some listeners might find distressing. To reiterate, we are not health professionals, but my guests today have bravely decided to share their stories to offer a different perspective and in the hope to help and comfort someone who may be going through a similar situation, or maybe they know someone who is. Today I fall into conversation with Chantelle, Sinead and Deborah, who have all been in toxic relationships. We talk on various things and get into their opinion of why it's not easy to just leave. We begin by hearing each of their telling stories, so let's jump straight in. My name is Chantal. Hi, everyone. Um, basically, my story kind of started, I was in like a five-year relationship on and off, and I just was like treated like crap throughout the whole relationship. And I kind of just had enough. I kind of just was like, oh, yeah, this isn't for me. Um, I can't do this anymore. So I left. So it took about two years. I want to say two years or just over two years to kind of get over that situation and finally like work on myself and finally be ready to like date and stuff. So obviously I'm out, I've been out in the dating world for like now let's say seven plus years. So I'm dating around or whatever. And then like I start speaking to this guy who I met and um, like just hit it off. You know, when you just hit it off with someone, you're just like got the same kind of banter. Every time you speak, it's like enjoyable. Um, dated a bit and then like kind of like asked me to be his girlfriend kind of thing. And I was just like, oh, okay, yeah, let's do this. I wasn't sure if I was ready but it was something that I either had to take the chance to do it or potentially lose whatever this is kind of thing. So yeah, I went into this relationship. It it wasn't a long relationship. It was about, I want to say six months, if that. So everything was quite fast, even though it didn't feel like it. When you're in something, it doesn't really feel like it. But when obviously looking, now looking in, I would say, yeah, it was uh, quite a fast relationship. There wasn't any, like, telltale signs of anything. Like, we just got on. We didn't really argue that much. I felt like the first signs kind of were, like, one time we was going out. I think we was going to his um, friend's birthday. And he was like, oh, are you really going to wear that? And I was like, oh, yeah, like, you know. Like, not thinking anything of it because we never had this before. I don't think I've had that with anyone else. So, yeah, basically, he wasn't happy. So I changed my outfit. Luckily, I bought a second outfit. Um, Changed my outfit. We went to the party. Nothing happened after that. So um, I'd say like a few months on, it was Valentine's Day. Um, so I went over to his place after work. I'm not a Valentine's Day person. I've always like had bad experiences. So I tend to not celebrate it. So, but he was like, oh, just come round, we'll get some food or whatever. I was like, okay, cool. Just nothing, like nothing serious, nothing casual. So I went round, he picked me up from the station and like opened the car door there was like a rose and like a card and everything it was really nice I was like oh that's really sweet I didn't get you anything because obviously we said we weren't doing anything so obviously I felt really bad I don't I don't anymore and um yeah so I went to his like we were just chilling and um I think we were about to order food and something was going on with his phone so we went onto my phone and like for some reason I think I went to like my call list and then there was like missed calls and like there was a missed call from some guy that I hadn't even spoken to in like forever and it's a missed call do you know what I mean like so clearly I didn't answer the phone call anyway he basically called the people on my phone he left the room and obviously went through my phone basically and yeah kind of started from there he didn't like what he saw and just made like assumptions on what he saw so next thing I know like he's come into the room and like his mum and his sisters, like they've left the house and they've gone to church or something. And his cousin was like, this cousin I've never seen before was like, hit was in the house. And like, he's like, I'll go to the, go to the front room for a minute. So his cousin goes to the front room, he comes in, he like puts on like some music and he turns it up really loud. And then he's like, what's, what's this in your phone? Starts questioning me. And then before I know it, punch, punch to my like, right cheek, I think it was. And then my left cheek. And then, yeah, just kept punching, basically. So obviously I've like tried to curl up into a ball. It was basically, I don't really know how to explain it still to this day. It, it kind of just, it felt like this is something he's done before. Like, this isn't new to him. You know, someone who just turns up the music or puts on music, turns it up. And like, I don't know, I didn't even get a chance to answer. But basically, 
cutting it short, I was there for a good few hours. He wouldn't let me leave. And yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess like the abuse just kept going until he finally decided that I could go. It was like probably like one something in the morning. I had work the next day. And um, yeah, I think I just left in shock. I didn't really know what to do. Um, and that was kind of like my first experience with it all, to be honest. Hi, I'm Deborah. I was in a, a long-term relationship for three years. And it was my second adult relationship, should I say. Um, actually, my first adult relationship. Um, prior to that, I was quite young, my first relationship. I was with him for three years. It was a lot of, I'd say, which I've only come to the realisation actually in the last three years, that it was a lot of emotional um, abuse, psychological abuse, a lot of manipulation. It mainly stemmed from him being unfaithful and cheating. Um, but what came with that as a result was a lot of emotional and psychological abuse, really. And so sort of once I... There were certain things that sort of led me to believe there was a possibility that he was cheating, up to the point of me actually finding out. But it was only when I got my sort of firm evidence that I knew he was cheating. And what came with that was a lot of, like I said, a lot of emotional abuse, a lot of psychological abuse. I split up with him about six, five years ago. And it was quite difficult for me to get into a new relationship, which I'm in now. And I'm in a happy, healthy relationship. And it took me yeah, about five years to actually move on and feel ready in myself. And ready to actually make that next move for the next person. So that I'm sort of not sort of punishing them for my past experiences with... Uh, my previous partner so yeah it took about so doing it for three years so just to clarify within that three years I found out in the last year that he was cheating on me it took me about a year to leave him and actually come to terms with everything that happened and then I was single for about five years and I've met someone now and I'm in a happy relationship. Um, so I was also in a long-term relationship met him when I was 17 and we were together until I was 28. Yeah similar to uh, Chantel, uh, we didn't have any problems and for like the first year of our relationship we didn't have any arguments or anything, no real issues. There were certain things like towards the sort of end of the first year that I was worried about him you know speaking to other people from just things that I'd seen you know like missed calls that maybe like you're sitting next to someone and you see their phone pop up and stuff but I mean that really didn't like cause too much concern because I'm quite like a trusting person initially um and then yeah uh same as you on valentine's day was the first time that it happened and it was just an argument i can't even remember what the argument was about and i remember him kicking me like at his doorstep and i was quite like quite a i don't know like a strong personality when i was younger so i was kind of like what are you doing like what's going on why are you doing this and we got into like a bigger argument and then his sister came down the stairs because she could hear us like shouting. And then he um, headbutted me against the wall. And I was in so much shock that I just like left. Like I just, I just wanted to get out of there. And then, uh, and then I think I was just crying and upset. And I was, for some reason, I don't know why, but then I wanted to call him and like speak to him and ask him why he'd done it. And, uh, Anyway, I left there and I went to my friend's house uh, because I couldn't go home to my mum. And her mum and her, like, they got me an ice pack and stuff and I uh, went into work the next day and, and like, work was under, like, questioning, like, what happened because I'd had, like, a, a bruise uh, on, on my uh, forehead. And then didn't speak to him for maybe two weeks and then we got back together. And then after that, it would happen... I feel like in the in the movies and in the films and, and things that you see like it it it's made out to be like this person that has like an iron and they're like burning you with an iron every day or they're like beating you to a pulp every day and unfortunately there probably are women that go through that but it wasn't like that it was like every couple of months so maybe it would happen like a few times in the year um, but what would happen in between would be like a lot of emotional abuse um, so things like uh, gaslighting, which I know is a topic that we're like, more familiar with now. Um, and he would get angry so much that 
it, it wasn't a physical abuse, but I would probably just sit there and like cower because I was worried that it would turn into um, physical abuse. And it, it would always stem from a silly argument where he would just get angry and there was nothing I could do. I could stay calm in the situation. He would continue to get angry. I could argue back. He would get angry. There was nothing I could do. And then I started a new role um, at a new company. And I think a few months before that, he had, we, we'd got into an argument and he'd, he'd done something to me. He'd like bit me or something. And like, there was like a, a bruise on the inside of my arm and my manager like had asked me about it. And uh, yeah, like it was, it was hard for me to explain when you've got like a, a bite mark, like a bruise you can explain, but when there's like a bite mark on your arm, and that was like one of the tipping points. But then the final point was, yeah, we, we, I'd started this new company and it had happened again. But this time it was just, it was so like horrific. Like he was throwing things around. He was throwing me around. He kicked, he kicked me. He spat on me. He did all sorts. And I remember like calling his parents to um, like try and get them to come to my house to, to, to calm them down and they just said call the police but I didn't want to I don't know why but I didn't want to call the police and I think that was the tipping point for me because I felt like if I stayed in this relationship it would impact me in so many different ways like I just started as I said I just started a new company and I thought it's going to impact my career like I can't be going into work the next day like dealing with this and coming in and, and not being myself or calling in sick because I had been through that the night before and then also my life, like, I just thought, like, is this going to be the way that I'm going to live for the rest of my life? Um, and that was the kind of final point. And yeah, two years later, almost two years later, I'm single, free. <laughs> and I feel so much happier, like, when I think of the place that I was in when I was with that person and where I am today, um, I am happier. I uh, wouldn't lie and say that it hasn't impacted me with future relationships. I haven't wanted to date anyone. I haven't wanted to let anyone in yet. Uh, I guess I'm scared of, I'm, I'm scared of certain things that I see in men. And it's hard to know whether those are things that could lead on to like those sorts of behaviours or whether it's just, um, it, or whether it's just, you know, normal stuff that you overthink. So I think for now, I'm just going to, you know, take my time. Once again, for all of you, I wanted to say thanks for sharing. And I think the reason why I've asked you to all speak on this platform today is because if you look back at the stories that you've all just told, there's a common theme is that there has been some level of abuse, whether it's been emotional or physical, mental, and I think people need to remember that. I think sometimes people think there's one that's better than the other. You know, I would have preferred some people, you know, I have heard, you know, people say I would have preferred to have dealt with the mental abuse because it wasn't physical. Or I've had people say, like, I would have preferred to deal with the physical because it just happens. Maybe that one time doesn't happen again and you can deal with it because you get used to it. So I know it was really tough to talk about that. So I do appreciate it. And another common thing that with all of you that you mentioned is, again, it doesn't matter on time. So um, Chantelle was in that relationship for about six months. Uh, Sinead in that relationship for about 11 years. And Deborah, again, three years. One thing that is common is that you all stayed in that relationship. And most people will say, like, just leave. Like, you know, when you maybe tell a friend if you have, you know, maybe you're frowned upon because they don't understand the situation that you're in. Um, so they say, just leave, it's on you, you should just leave. Um, so my kind of question to you is, why would you say it's not that easy? Um, and that's to anyone. Like, why do you think it's not that easy to just leave a situation? And did you have friends who did frown upon you? I think for me, personally, I didn't know it was actually, the relationship was toxic. I think, not to minimise anything anyone shared, but obviously my experience is just a little slightly different to the other two ladies. I had never experienced physical abuse or emotional abuse ever before. I didn't know what it looked like. And I think sometimes it's harder to identify it as emotional and psychological abuse. That's actually even a thing. But I think obviously physical abuse comes, it's not separate. 
with physical abuse comes emotional abuse and it comes with psychological abuse. But for me, I didn't actually know I was in an abusive relationship until I left and looked back. So I thought, well, he wasn't, he's not, he's not hitting me. And that sounds really, really bad. I know that sounds really, really bad. It's like, he's not hitting me. He's not putting my hand, his hands on me. And, then, and as well, I didn't identify it as, he was just being, saying mean things, and saying horrible things, and putting me down and get over it kind of thing. And I think it's also easy to say for other people, oh, just get up and leave. But it's, it's very, very difficult, especially the control and the power that person has over you in, in that time. And it's also having to deal with the wider contextual factors such as, family relationships that you've built, memories that you've built with that person. Um, it's quite hard to separate yourself from that because you're not just separating, you're not just breaking up a relationship with this person. It's everything you've come to know for such a long time and what you feel comfortable in. And so sometimes I think it's easy for people to say, oh no, I'll just leave. But when you're in it, it's completely different. First of all, you've actually got to acknowledge there's a problem in the first place. And then it's scary to think, what am I going to be about that person? How am I going to move forward? Is anybody going to love me? You know, is anybody going to look at me in the same way? And I had friends who had been through it. So they were just like, just leave him, you know. But what I've come to know is you only leave when you're ready to leave. It doesn't matter what your friends say. It doesn't matter what your family says. And when you realise that this is not for me and you need to leave, that's when you'll leave. So lucky for me, I had the support of my friends and I had the support of my family. But a lot of the times I didn't want to believe it. I didn't want to believe that I was going through such a horrible relationship. And so I sort of blocked how everyone else said I could become defensive. And almost I could have lost my friends and he was really good at controlling that situation and manipulating that situation. I could have lost a lot of friends, a lot of family because he attempted to sort of separate me from that, distance myself from my family so that I'd have no one. And I had that quite a strong support network around, around me. So like I said, it's very, very difficult for people to say, just leave. It's not that easy. It comes with so much. Yeah, to add to that, when I, the, the incident that happened, like the first time it happened, like I said, I went to um, my best friend's house at the time and her and her mum like got me ice and like I cried and we spoke about it. And then when I when I chose to speak to start speaking to him again and like get back with him, my friend acted different with me and she couldn't understand it. And she was kind of like, "What? why are you speaking to him? I don't understand it. And then it was close to her birthday. And I remember her like, saying he's not allowed in my house my mum is said he's not allowed in my house and I'm saying he's not allowed in my house and I remember feeling like she was making me choose between the two of them I was annoyed at her because I understood why she was annoyed but I felt like she was adding to the situation not only am I had I been through something for the first time that was horrible but you're adding to it by like making me make a tough decision it wasn't as easy like at 17 when you've been with someone to 18 like that's that's a long time like when you're young a year is a long time and we spent like every single day together um and that then put me off when it happened again it then put me off speaking to anyone about it because I then felt like oh they're not gonna speak to me or they're not gonna respect me like my friends described me as like strong and how are they going to see me as strong because I, I've put up with this situation? And then you start to think about, oh, will anyone believe me? Like, I'm a strong character. Like, I'm a, you might say, not feisty, but I definitely will stand up for myself. How are they going to believe that this person has put herself in this situation and continues to allow herself to be in that situation? I remember speaking to, so I, I actually didn't speak to any of my friends about it the whole time that it was it was going on for the whole 11 years I didn't speak to anyone the only time the only time it, t- it touched my friends or people around me was when something happened that I felt like I needed to c- call them and then it would never happen again like I would never speak to that person again about it because I would know they would know that it was a recurring thing and I think it was after we broke up that I then started to speak to people a little bit more about it and then started to share my story and someone described it to me as like Stockholm syndrome where you fall in love with your captor like it's it's all you know and I think it was all I knew like it was all I knew and I didn't want to I was scared to leave the situation like I was scared of what would happen what would I lose like you said like you lose your fam you lose not only like uh, your you lose their family and friends, all the people that you've created a, a relationship with as well. I just want to start by saying that if I was that friend, I would say exactly the same thing. Just leave. 
like it's easy just leave like if if you're not happy if this person is doing these things to you just leave because that's what I believed I believed I was that that girl that girl that was was just strong enough to to do whatever she wanted to do that first of all would never be in that situation in her life so I generally think like I would I would have said the same thing but I think for me fortunately I wasn't in a long-term relationship so I was in a shorter relationship I'm 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 not going to say that I went back because I I can't say that we were in a we were in a relationship after but we we had planned a holiday together and he had paid for that holiday and then it, it just became so political like it was a lot of drama after the whole situation because it, it came out eventually and obviously like when your family get involved it's no longer your issue anymore it's everyone's issue and um at that time I just felt like I wasn't I wasn't in control and it was like I have I still have these feelings for this person even though we were together for such a short time I still had these massive feelings for this person because I felt like this person showed me what I wanted how many years ago and it was just like well, we're on we're 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 well we're doing good it was just it was a shock but at the same time I still had those feelings so you're always going to be that person who says oh who has an opinion because we all have opinions however when you're in a certain situation you do not know how you are going to deal with it until you're in it so we we can say the same thing with with so many things like even friends that we we have similar well not even similar problems but they have issues with their partner we say certain things to this day I feel like I'm verified because I've been through certain things so I should you should really for those of you who are close to me will know like what I've been through so you know that I'm it's coming from somewhere it's coming from the heart basically but yeah I think it's it's always easy to say to leave and but yeah you have it, there's so much more complications than to just leave and even if you do just leave it doesn't mean that he's going to leave you alone because he didn't leave me alone I couldn't there's certain things that I, I don't have the answers for but when you're when you feel something and you're in something it's just it's not it's never easy to just do what somebody else says you like Deborah says you only do things when you feel like it's time do you know what I mean when the time's right for you so many people are going to say yeah leave so many people say what are you still doing there so many people say oh I'm tired of hearing it and it's understandable but yeah you're never going to be ready to to leave until you're ready like something just clicks in your head and then you're just like yeah this isn't this isn't for me this isn't how I, I saw my life going mm. I think I can actually kind of agree with that because I haven't been in a physically um, abusive relationship but I definitely was in a relationship where a lot of mental games were played and I think it was my very my first ever serious relationship and I was with that person for four years and I think for me there was a time, there came a time where there was clearly something had happened with another girl. As in, I don't think they were actually physically intimate together, but there was like conversations and stuff. And, and I knew, and I still stayed through that because it was like, oh, well, didn't actually cheat. Like, didn't actually do anything. And from then it was like, I wasn't trusting. So I, I, when I look back, it's like, if I, that was me talking to me, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, you should have left. But I waited for there to be a physical cheating thing so that I could be like, and now you've got to go because I know this has happened. You know, me and the girl have spoken. Like, it's clear. I've seen all the messages. And that was like the last straw for me, even though there was evidence pertaining to the fact that you had already done something like this already. So I think my point is to touch on that is like you will have people always telling you what you should do. It's hard not to get angry at those people. This is just my opinion because they just want the best for you. They just want to see you happy. And like, um, Sinead said, like it's people will just not believe you because they, they see you and they look up to you. So they're like, how could you, they're like kind of feel betrayed in themselves. Like how could you let this happen? And it's not about that. The relationship you have with, you know your partner even if you, it's a work relationship anything 
is going to be different to the relationship someone has with you as a friend. So like, I think it's more so that people want the best for you. But what I find is acting like that or speaking like that, and it does make people stop wanting to talk to you. And that's what worries me the most is like having a friend potentially going through that and feeling like they have no outlet, like they have no one to talk to. They've got no one to confide in because everyone's pointing at them like they're the bad person. So the person who is listening, this is just, again, my opinion, the person who is listening to them is the same person who's abusing them, potentially. Not always, but potentially. So I think, Sinead, you touched on, you know, what was kind of the last straw for you. So back to um, Deborah, like, what was the last straw that made you say, you know what, it's time to be up and out of this? I think the last straw for me was, I know it sounds really silly, but I literally looked in the mirror. I didn't know, I didn't recognise the person that was staring back at me. I think it came from an anxiety attack. I've never had anxiety ever. Um, I couldn't breathe. I physically, you know, it takes such a toll on you physically, mentally. I just looked in the mirror and I said, who are you? Who is this person? <laughs> like literally, who have you become? Who is, I don't recognise this strong person that you were three years ago because had you said that this would be your life, you would have literally, that's how I felt. And I think my last straw was when I looked at him and I didn't recognise the person I was lying down with, who was, who was next to me. Just so much going on at the time. I just had enough. I couldn't do it. I was literally like, this is not for me. This is not what I want. And especially being in a... I, I, I was brought up in a household, which Christine will tell you, my parents are very connected. They've been together since they were 13. And I've seen love. I know what love is. And I knew that this wasn't... This wasn't love. I had sort of built up that picture in my head of this relationship, almost based on what I'd seen at home. And I just knew that you're not the person, this is not the person for me. This is not what I want. I want to be happy. I don't want to wake up every morning and feel sick or have to hold on to, um, because it was so up and down in my relationship, one minute be okay, next one will be arguing. I don't want to have to hold on so much to those good moments because I don't know when the bad moments are going to come. I can't just live my life on on eggshells, you know. I take my weight. There was so much that was happening. I just literally did not recognise the person who I was. I just said, I can't, I can't do this anymore. And you are not going to have this control over me anymore. It was difficult, but that was, that was a final straw for me. And obviously it was going back and forth. There was so much going on in terms of the cheating. I had people threatening me on my phone. I had messages and text messages from all these different people. I had people sending me pictures of this and, you know, and I was quite a reserved, although, you know, I was quite open and quite a bubbly person. I was really reserved as well. Not a lot of people knew about my life. So having it exposed in, in, a, in such a way where you'd go out and you wasn't too sure if that person knew or what he'd, what, you know, what was said. And so for me, I think that was it. I just really couldn't take it anymore. And I said, I need to do better and this is not what I want. Were there any other kind of mental health effects that, you know? Yeah. I mean, once you get over the disbelief, we well, don't ever get, for, it takes a while to get over it. Once you get over the disbelief, and the pain and the hurt, there's a process. You're left with insecurities, self-confidence is low, constantly questioning yourself and your capabilities and what and what you can provide to a relationship because for so long you were told that you were nothing and you know no one's ever gonna look at you in the same way as I do and all those other bits. So once you get past the pain and disbelief and the hurt, it's okay, now I've got to sit with this and I've got to build myself up again. So for me, it was just like confidence, low self-esteem, constantly questioning what, what I can do. I think that was the biggest thing for me, really. It's not just about, like I said, the pain and the hurt. It goes beyond that, really. Because once that person's out of your life, then that, you still got to do that, and you've got to do that by yourself. And only you really have you, you know, you have support of your friends, and you have support of your family, only you really have you to get out of that dark place, really. So that was really difficult. And it's something I still do, you know, even though I'm over that situation, sometimes I'm over what, how, what it left me feeling like. Sometimes even now I might come question, can I do this? Or, you know, so it had a big toll on my self-esteem, I think. I do, like, I do question a lot of things. Like, I question, I do question, like, whether, because I'm, I'm currently in a relationship now, so I feel like I try not to bring over what I have experienced, but it's so difficult. So regardless of that previous relationship, my relationship before before that one wasn't a good relationship either. So I'm still going to have certain things in my mind that 
are going to continuously come up and make me question things about myself, but not only myself, about the person that I'm with. So I feel like mentally, I feel, I feel like I'm probably not the same person. And I probably won't ever be that same person in terms of relationships. I think in terms of like friends and family, yeah, the same person. But I think in terms of relationships, I don't think I ever will be the same person. And it doesn't matter who I'm with. I just have that barrier now. Like I will always have that barrier. Like even if an argue, like we're going to argue, you're going to argue, it's natural. In every relationship, there's going to be something that you don't agree on. And you probably will have an argument and I think it's instantly my back's up and I'm just ready like for war because I just feel like I don't ever want to be in that same situation ever again do you know what I mean like I won't ever allow anyone to put me in that same situation again and to make me feel that way because I'm there's going to be days where I do I do still think about it I do like I don't think it's ever gonna go away if I'm honest like I do think in terms of I may have dealt with certain things I do think it's not something I'm ever going to forget so sometimes I do get reminded of it obviously every Valentine's Day it's just going to be another slap in the face because it's going to remind me of what happened Mm. and hence the fact that I don't celebrate Valentine's Day it just made it even worse I think the way that I've I the way that I deal with it is all that helped me deal with it was I don't even want to sound like a mm, for me personally I just had to make jokes about it and I know Tina you'd be like yeah like some when I used to make jokes about it before you'd be like oh I don't know if that's too soon I don't know if I can laugh and stuff but for me it was the only way I could deal with it because I had to it's done it's not gonna go away like this this whole thing you've gone through it and hopefully you'll never have to experience it again but for me I just made jokes about it eventually because I just thought I don't know, for me, I'm just someone who likes to laugh and someone who likes to joke around. And that was the best coping mechanism for me, which probably wouldn't be the same for anybody else. So I know it's probably a weird one. But obviously there are days when it's like, I may joke about it, but actually I'm not okay. Mm. Or like someone may say something and it's like, hmm, yeah, okay, I'm not okay with that. But I can't have myself to blame because I started making jokes about it in the first place. So... I guess it just depends on how I'm feeling, really. But yeah, that's kind of the way that I dealt with it and probably still deal with it to this day. And Sinead, like, how would you say, I know you've already spoken about, you know, what your last draw was, but like, how did it affect you mentally and how have you kind of built yourself back up? Like, yours has been, what, two years, you said? Yeah, on the tipping point, though, I would I would want to touch on something that Chantel said, which I think is really important in terms of... Um, you can walk away from the situation, but they're not going to let you walk away that easily. I think that's what people don't realise. Like that tipping point, you could reach it, but you could easily go back. And I had that. I walked away and he was like, I think he was annoyed that I had the strength to walk away. And so at first he was very like cold with me. Like we lived together and I was trying to get my keys back to my, for my flat. And he had that like control over me where he didn't want to give me my keys back because he knew that he could turn up at any point in time, which meant that I couldn't move on. Like, I couldn't date anyone. I couldn't do anything because he had the keys to my flat. He could turn up whenever he wanted. And he made sure that he let me, he let me know that. And then after a few months, it was like calling me every weekend saying he wants to see me and also telling me things like, you know, you're never, I haven't, I've realised that I'm never going to find a bond with anyone else like you and you're going to realise that as well. Um, but saying it in like a romantic way so that it makes it seem like, you know, it's loving. And it was every weekend calling me like, oh, I want to see you. I want to spend time with you. I want to see you. And then one weekend I didn't answer the phone and he, yeah, I didn't answer the phone. And at the time my Instagram was like open because I had like, you know, was new to being single and had an open account and stuff. And I then realised that he had been watching my Instagram that weekend, but he didn't have Instagram. So he set up an account and he was watching my Instagram. And after that weekend, I changed my number because I was like, I just need to get away. So I changed my mobile number. And then like, Christina will know, tell you this as well. Like 
one day before I was on my way to work, he just turned up outside of my flat at, I don't know, like half seven, eight a.m. in the morning when I was getting ready to leave. So I think that's important on the, the tipping point part because it has taken me a long time to get away from that situation. And to be honest with you, I'm ashamed that I even kept seeing him for like a year and a half after we broke up. Um, I don't know why I saw him. I really, I can't explain it. I, I'm not a psychologist. Uh, but I did continue to to meet up with him and see him. Um, and it's only this year that it stopped. But actually, even then, even though I had like changed my number and I didn't give him my new number, the only way he could contact me was over email. Um, he still had that power in that situation. He suddenly decided one day that he was going to stop emailing me. And um, maybe he's moved on. Maybe he's found someone else. Maybe that's why. But even then, it's still like he's, he's in control. Um, but yeah, mentally, like it's taken its toll. I haven't spoken to anyone about it. I can speak to Christina because I know her. I know her. she knows me after the breakup. She doesn't know me before the breakup. And everyone else that knows me around, that knows me before then and knows who I was, I can't talk to them about it. I don't know why. I just can't, I can't explain it. I can't tell them things. I just can't open up in the same way. Whereas I find it easier to open up to people that just don't know me. And I can tell them, you know, situations that have happened. But I remember like when I I first started talking to someone after um, we broke up and um, he came round and I had my phone in my hand and, and someone had sent me a video and I was laughing at it and he was like, oh, what, what are you laughing at on your phone? And I was like, oh, nothing, something silly. And he was like, what is it? And I was like, oh, nothing. And he grabbed the phone out of my hand and took it. And like, I quickly went to lock the screen. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, this is the first person I've met after my ex. And he's done something controlling, like take, like to grab the phone out of my hand and try and see whatever I was looking at. And and it does make me question, is that just like, was he just doing that in jest or was that, is he like another controlling person? So it it does make you second guess that everyone, everyone that you meet after and you start to think, oh, are these tendencies? Like I've seen, you know, a recent example of someone that did something that was gaslighting again. Is that, is that like a, you start to think oh is that something a sign or a warning that I should stay away from these people so there's that and then I think um yeah in terms of the journey that I've been on I was very unhappy I put on a lot of weight for various different reasons but I think part of it was being unhappy as well and like I've been on a long journey to get back to my old self and sometimes I do feel really confident sometimes I feel happy and I feel good about myself and I feel confident I think I'm at the stage now where I don't want anyone to take that away from me. Like I'm actually unashamedly confident in the way that I, I don't want you to take away from how I feel in because I felt so low for so long. And in that last incident that happened, I remember him calling me like a beast. He was like, oh, look at you beast. And he was like spitting and, and doing whatever. And these, these sort of com- comments in my head that I'm like, I'm not a beast. Like, cause I, I hated that he said that because he knew that I'd put on weight and he just did that to put me down. And I have, and unfortunately, I do have these things in my head now. Like, I do have these things when I'm losing weight and I'm doing things, I do think about that stuff. Um, another thing he said, which wasn't like in a horrible way, but it was like, oh, maybe you should get liposuction. And like, it's, it's stuff like that that make me, it makes me want to, to keep changing and keep working on myself but yeah it had a massive impact on me ment- uh, on my mental health and I was seeing a counsellor but now I don't feel like I need any of that stuff like I feel like I'm, I'm much happier and the more and more I do talk to people about it the more I feel like I'm, I'm letting it go and I'm telling my truth. I think just to go off the back of what you were saying Junaid I think it's really important that this again no one here is like a psychologist it's all about talking about your situation and telling your story because you might help somebody else whether it's a case of you know they feel unheard or they feel um you know they haven't got their friends to speak to because they've lost relationships along the way like it is fine to talk and just maybe look out for those who are willing to listen so this is just a question separately to all of you which might sound a bit weird but do you forgive them do you know what? I feel like people commonly say you need to forgive to forget. No, no. What is it? What's the, what's the common saying? Is it forgive and forget? Yeah. I think no, forgive. No, forgive, but don't forget. 
Is that the one? <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> um, well, I don't know. To be honest with you, that, not really, that never sat well with me. I think I'll change. Rather than forgive, I think I've just come to a point of acceptance. In a way, um, people may disagree with this. For me to forgive, it's almost like them not taking any accountability for what it left me with and what they put me through. And it's because it was such a devastating and complex and horrible situation. It's not that I harbour feelings of hate um, towards that person. I don't hate him. It was more a play. It just came from a place of acceptance that this is what happened to me. And there's nothing I could have done to change that situation. And obviously there were things that I would have done if I could at the time, but it's more of a place of acceptance that this, I just have to sit with my thoughts. Instead of harboring the feelings of like anger and hate and sadness and sickness, I had to just sit with my thoughts and say, this is what happened. Like literally talk myself through it because for a lot, it's almost like a traumatic um, trauma response. So you'd like block a lot of things out because you don't want to think about it. And for me to really deal with it was to literally sit with my thoughts and have a timeline in my head of what happened, how I felt at this time, what led up to that, all those other bits in between. Um, so for me, it was just really coming to terms with it and not running from the situation. Uh, the person I was with lived really close to me. I mean, at 10 minutes walking distance um, at a time. So I'd often see him with the best friend he told me not to worry about kind of thing. I'd often see him and I'd not come out of my house. I'd be scared if I see them with how I look or the way, or if they bumped into me on a really bad day or how I would feel. And then one day I just left my house and I was just like, I'm going to do this. And I saw them and it was, it was difficult, but then I kept continuing to see them and it kind of made it easier for me to sort of just face it head on. And for me, that was my forgiving myself for what happened was me forgiving him, accepting the situation for what it was. And yeah, he hurt me. And yeah, he betrayed my trust. Yeah, he wasn't loyal. And yeah, it damaged me for a long time. And I was embarrassed and I was ashamed that I could even be in that situation. I just get over that and be like, this is, it happened. But what are we going to do moving forward? And I think also a part of it was, you know, it's almost because like I said, it, when you, you, you get with someone, you form relationships with their family and their friends. And a lot of the time they were, he said some really horrible things about me. As soon as he knew that I knew, it, he switched it on me, like, oh, you were doing this and you was, and I was just looking, and it was really horrible. And so I really cared about what his family felt, thought about me because I built a, built a relationship with them and it was a quite a close relationship. So when they was, when he sort of damaged my character and people who I considered to be close to me actually believed it in terms of his sides, it was really hard for me. It's really difficult. It's almost like going to court for a crime you didn't commit. And only you and that person knows what happened, but no one else believes you, sort of thing. Because, you know, this person was amazing and, and there were some good moments in relationship. You know, he treated me well, so to speak. Um, but then what came of that, it just wasn't, wasn't worth it. So I think for me, it was coming to terms with actually, these people are going to say whatever they're going to say. They're going to think whatever they're going to think. But deep down, you know, and that person knows, and that's all that matters. I think once I stopped caring about what other people, what people thought of me, it really helped me to move on. And that, that in itself was a form of forgiveness. You know, you, you won't probably believe him because of what he shows you. And that's your ties, that's your, um, your family. But at the end of the day, we both know exactly what happened. And that's all that matters. I think I had to let go of what everyone thought of me. Because, you know, I do sort of value the way people view me. That's very important to me. So I think once I let go of that, what people thought, and just leaving my house and not, not caring sort of thing, I think that really helped. So I think more accepting of what happened rather than forgiving. And that helped me move on. That was my own way of dealing with it. I feel like I forgave every time it happened. So I feel like, not intentionally forgave, but to stay in that situation, to stay in that relationship, I had to almost pretend it didn't happen. So maybe it wasn't even forgiving. It was like, oh, this happened it didn't but it didn't really happen and you just you just don't talk about it neither of you talk about it again you never speak about it that's it like you, you did this to me and we just we just carry on like normal and I feel like a lot of it is still blocked out now I don't I don't think I there's no forgetting but there's no forgiving it's just blocked out in a way like sometimes it just resurfaces when something happens or someone says something and it triggers a memory or I also don't want to feel any feelings towards him. So I, I also went through a phase where I didn't want to feel any anger towards him because then it was feeling something. I just didn't want to feel anything. But yeah, I just, I, I, I did I did coping mechanisms. Like I sent my friend a video. So towards the like last two years, I remember him saying one of the times that he did it, he was like, no one will believe you. So I recorded, I recorded, um, 
like not not actually held my phone but like I put my phone on video and then I put it on the bed so that you could hear what was happening because I was worried that something might happen to me and well, no one would know and I sent her the recording and then there was also pictures that I took like after it happened of like bruises and stuff and I sent it to my friend and I was like you know if I ever get to the stage where you know he is talking to me and I am like almost forgiving him then just send this back to me and remind me of what happened and that's that's basically what I did and then that was a way of me letting it out in the open and it you know being honest about what happened so in short <laughs> no I did not I don't forgive him I just blocked it out um, I think for me I would say I have forgiven him I say that because I think if I if I don't forgive him I'm always gonna hold it I'm going to hold it so close to me. I'm going to be bitter. I'm going to be, not to say that you guys are or anyone else that's gone through it, are those type of people. But for me, I just think I've, I've forgiven him because I genuinely think somewhere inside he is a good person. He just wasn't the person I needed him to be for me. And possibly I wasn't the person he needed me to be for him. Sometimes two people can want to be together or be together, but they're just not right for each other. So I may have brought out that side of him. Not saying that I'm to blame, even though Tina would tell you for, for the most of it, I, I felt like I was, it was my fault. Like, I felt like I deserved it. Like, the way I spoke was like, yeah, I deserved it. I deserved it. Obviously, now looking back, I do, I do take some of the blame because I feel like, obviously, what he had probably seen through my phone, even though it wasn't what it was, it shouldn't have been there. But I don't take the blame for being physically um, abused. Karma is a bee. Things will happen. Do you know what I mean? Like things will come back to you. God is watching for me. Yeah, like I've I've forgiven him. Obviously, I haven't forgotten. Like I said before, I'm ne- I'm never going to forget. I'm always going to be reminded. There's always going to be little things that trigger that memory. But like, yeah, I don't. I think I don't know if I've forgiven myself because it. I think it's something that um, Deborah said in it it made me think, oh, have I actually forgiven myself? Because I don't really know how I feel about that. Like, I don't know whether I should forgive myself, whether I have anything to forgive myself for. But I don't know. There's just certain things like, you know that song? Okay, forgive my singing. Like, Lele, try me, try me. Yeah. That song. <laughs> to this day, yeah, I can't even dance to it. Because I feel like I've like, really got punched in the face, isn't it? Like, I definitely can't, can't dance and like vibe to the song like I used to before because... All my friends are watching me and they all know what I've been through. It's just like, no, but that's not true, isn't it? Because like, this happened. Um, Sorry, can I cut you there? Sorry, just because I need yeah. to, just because I just need to bring. Do you know what the song <laughs> that really resonated with me was? What? Oh, Lord, don't let me cheat on my girlfriend. Mm. And this boy was singing that song when he mm. had me and, the t- and all these teens in the, in the club. And he, he was really singing it with passion, you know? No. And I just, that for me, I, I laugh about it now. Because I had no idea, but that was that was a song for me. Mine is um, X Factor, Lauren Hill. So there's a part at the end of the song where she's like, "No one else has hurt me as much as something." She says something like, "No one, no one will hurt me as much as you, you have," or something like that. I can't remember. Mm. If I sing along, then I will remember. And I remember we broke up in the September and the December. I went to see her at um, DO2, and yes. I was I crying. I was mm. singing along. I was like, "No, I've heard me as much as you." Like literally, like singing along, because it was true. In my head, I was yeah. like, "I feel like I will never put myself in a situation again where I would allow someone to hurt me as much as you have." Like the pain literally. that I went through, I can never allow myself to go through it again. And if that means that I am single for however many years yeah. then I will have to be single but I will never allow someone to put my put, put me through what I went through mm-hmm. but interestingly you said things about like him being nice a nice person and like maybe you brought it out of him that's I think about that like and sometimes it hurts me to think that like will he was it me like was our relationship toxic mm. and because of that it brought it out in him or is that him as a person yeah it's hard like, and I feel to, like you can't I feel like once someone's done that if they've ever done that they can do it again I don't exactly. think it is. I have to remind myself of that like it it, it isn't me mm-hmm. it is them like it's 100% them because they've mm-hmm. done it once and they'll do it again and I, mm-hmm. and I know you didn't stay as such but having stayed for 11 years like it happened again mm-hmm. and again and again and again. So I know that it will happen again. Mm-hmm. 
but they yeah. almost make you feel like it is you i did this yeah. because they're not angry about what they've done they're angry about how you respond to it yeah, yeah. they're not upset about you know you've really hurt me but why would you do that or why would and you just you made and me like, angry you made me do it that is a real yeah. good example of gaslighting because yeah. your reality of what actually happened becomes so blurred Mm. you know they'll sit you down and they'll say That's no true. but you remember you did this so no but you said and you actually start to believe them you really you could have evidence you could see him sleeping with someone right in front of your face I, I i genuinely believe this that at the time he had me so caught up and i didn't have any like connections i did have connections with my family but i didn't tell them too much so like don't mm. but don't tell them because you know they don't they're jealous of our relationship or certain strong women in my life he really didn't want, want me to disconnect with because of that exact reason and so i could probably see him cheated on me and somehow he'd manipulate me in a way that I wouldn't believe it could be happening right in front of my face you really question your reality so much to the point where you feel like you're going mad mm. yeah I think that's really like I think that's a really important point is again for someone who hasn't been in a physical relationship like forgive me and forgive my ignorance but I don't think it can ever be your fault I don't know if I don't think it could ever be your fault I'll say it again I think if you did do something wrong and let's say you did cheat or, you know, you did disrespect their family member or whatever, like whatever it could be, it doesn't warrant you getting a beat down for mm. it. No, yeah, I do agree with that, definitely. But I just feel like, I don't, I don't feel like, obviously I deserve what I got, hundred. but then I just think, but babe, if it didn't happen then, it would have happened. It would have yeah. happened another time. Like, don't fool yourself. Don't kid yourself. Don't be silly. Because that's why you left. Because it could have happened another time, but you you left. You made sure that it didn't. So I do like obviously at different points. Like I said, you're gonna think certain things, but it's always gonna come back to this to the same thing and the same the same point that you know this this isn't something that you deserved, regardless of what the situation was. Yeah. I think it's almost like a false sense of security. To a certain, like a false sense of security, you know, you start to you start to put things in place that you don't have to believe it. Mm. Maybe he did this because of this, or maybe yeah. if he, if I didn't do this, it, it's like no, it happened. It was, was going to happen regardless. I think it's just it makes us feel comfortable to like to explore different like alternative yeah. reasons for it. But when it it's right in front of our faces, mm. sorry, Sinead. I can't even remember what I was going to say now. <laughs> Sorry. But, no, up. but like to, to no, I, I'm just, I think I'm just agreeing with you both. Like it is, I, I think you do make excuses as well because it makes the situation easier to deal with. Like knowing that there's some sort of reason behind it when sometimes mm. it is just them and that, that is how they are. Mm. Um, but what I think that's what I was going to say. So I think a mature person or a person that isn't emotionally abusive or physically abusive will react to situations in a different way. And I think that's something I'm learning as being single is seeing how people react to certain situations, like just during that, you know, stage of talking and getting to know someone. That's really important to me. Like now that's a trigger or it's a sign for me. It's like a red flag. If there's a certain situation that you're unhappy with, and you deal with it in a certain way that I think shows me that you could have those tendencies, then I mm. will step away and cut you off really easily. But that being said, like there has been someone that you know I would talk to you on and off, and they they do certain things, and I and I I'm like, am I am I putting up with stuff that am I am I putting up with things because that's all I've ever known and that's all I've ever like I've been used to. Or is it is it just normal stuff that tends to happen? Like I really don't know. Like it's so hard when this is the only relationship I've ever known. I, I really don't know what's right and wrong anymore. Mm. I think some of the mental abuse, like or games that have been played in my first, like in my my first serious relationship, it made me so much aggier. Like when I moved on, like someone could say something that wasn't that bad. And I, it's not funny, I shouldn't laugh. And I would be like, what? Who are you talking to? Like, why do you think you talk to me like that? Because I was just like... You're like, I'm not putting up with that. Yeah, and sometimes it was like, whoa, like, you know, it's, it was a joke or... I'm like, don't joke with me like that. Yeah. But I, I, I get that about, about myself. One thing yeah. I think about myself is because I was so like, you're not going to take me for an idiot. I think yeah. I, I did go too far the other way. I know that it has brought out... I don't I want to say 
I don't want to say the best in me. I don't want to say that. I think it's just made me pick up on the tendencies that I also learned feeling a toxic relationship because you do pick up what you think was normal and you take it with you. So mm-hmm. now I, you know, if it means I have to take an extra five seconds to realize like, Christina, just take, take, take a minute. Like it wasn't meant, you know, that bad. I think I've definitely learned from it. So I think I would say that when you've come out of a toxic relationship, whatever you deem to be a toxic relationship everyone's different level of being like a, in a toxic relationship is different so I just think I did learn something from it and I, I think it's made me better in the relationship that I'm in now to just take a step back and understand like okay it wasn't it wasn't that deep or if it's something that I really don't like I need to explain to you that I don't like that like it doesn't matter whether you think it's a joke or whatever I don't like that it doesn't make me feel comfortable so yeah. let's not go through that again. But I did have a question for all of you in that in this conversation, obviously we're all female, but I was actually having a conversation today with someone um, that I work with. And I was like, I would really like to do an episode with men talking about toxic relationships because I don't think they get the same, not always, but when a guy's in a toxic relationship, if the woman was abusive, I don't think it's taken seriously. Like it's almost as if when sometimes when I hear it the other way around, it's like, well, of course she would have, of course she would have slapped you because you, you did X, Y, and Z or like, of course she would have reacted like that. And I'm like, what did you do to her for her to make you do that? Exactly. Yeah. And it's like, interesting. but when we talk about it, us females, we're like, you don't deserve it regardless of what you've done. Yeah. With a guy, we're like, but he whistled at, you know, he whistled at another girl while you're in the car. Of course you slapped him in the side of his head. <laughs> like, you know, and I think they're not taken seriously. And it's bad because, you know, a lot of the time we talk about men being like, oh, you clearly did something to make her crazy. Or you, you did that. And don't get me wrong, sometimes they definitely do. But I think it's not taken seriously the other way around. So does anyone have any thoughts on why that is? I think it's just less common. It's less common for us to hear about men being abused, especially physical abuse, emotional abuse by women. Yeah, physical abuse, I think it's, it's uncommon. And it's almost like a lot of, of course, men probably are ashamed to come and, and come forward that and actually be so open about their experiences. Um, almost like it's difficult because I think a lot of conversations I've heard about this topic, it's almost like emasculating a man. So it's like, how are you going to allow a woman to hit you? Are you not going to hit her back? But then it's like, I can't hit a woman because she's, she's a woman sort of thing. I think it's um, a lot of men hold back from that because they want to be seen as less of a man. And like um, Sinead said, you know, things with memes, memes have really taken over a lot of our lives and been very influential um, in terms of what's accepted, what's funny, what's not considered serious. So we see memes all the time in relation to like, if your wife or your girlfriend was hit you, what would you do? And then you see the comments. So a man reading that, knowing that he's been through the experiences, is going to be, he's going to be more reluctant to actually share what he's been through mm-hmm. out of fear of being um, embarrassed or ashamed or questioning his own masculinity to a certain extent. It's almost like, what did you do for that to happen? But when it's the other way around, we don't really question what... If it's the other way around, we don't question the woman's intentions or what led up to that, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it does. And that's what I find quite worrying about mm. is that with the rates and stuff that you see with men and you know their mental health if they don't have an outlet to be able to talk about the things that bother them whether it was obviously we're talking if this is a straight couple like a heterosexual heterosexual couple this is what we're talking about mm. if they can't talk about it do you know what I mean what does it do they they're left with scars and and prints on them and they have no one to talk to like we're all talking today because we've all talk- spoken about this before, you know, separately. You've all yeah. talked about it with other people. But like, if my brother came to me and said, oh, you know, my girlfriend, my girlfriend's actually, you know, beating me up kind of thing. First of all, I'll find her. But second of all, it's like, who are you? I'll, I'll come with you. <laughs> but, you know, who, who are you? Who are they opening up and talking to? So that's why I wanted to know one of the things I didn't want to tell, I didn't want to tell people was because I hated the fact that I was now a statistic. Like I hated, I hated the fact that like 
in the in the black community women have most women have either um themselves firsthand received emotional or physical abuse or secondhand they know someone that's been through some sort of physical and emotional abuse and i hated the fact yeah. that i was like part of that group so i didn't i didn't want to be a part of that group I, that's not what the life when I was growing up, that was not the life that I saw. I always thought mm. that if that ever happened to me, I would walk away. I would have the strength to walk away. I would never put up with that situation. And I and I did put up with it. And I think I was embarrassed and ashamed mm. that I did as well. And I just became like another statistic. Yeah. I think you have to remember, like, all three of you are people that I know and have been through some form. So, like, it goes to show, like, how common... It is. Um, and if we don't talk about it, I think we should talk about it more. I'm not saying mm-hmm. it should become a norm because it shouldn't become a norm that the actual situation is happening, but the speaking about things and like learning from each other. What would you either tell anyone who's going through a toxic situation right now? Or if you could, or what would you have like someone to have said to you at the time that wasn't just leave because clearly we've learned that that that's not the sensible thing to advise someone what I would say because like I said I'd be that friend that will tell you to leave because I've been through it I would say sometimes I would say as a person trying to find the way to tell your friends I would say the best thing to do would just be to listen I know that sounds mad sometimes you can have a friend that's so opinionated, but right now is not the time for you to be opinionated. Right now, I need you to listen to me and I need you, not necessarily to tell me everything's going to be okay, but I don't need you to tell me you need to leave, you need to leave. Because that's not, with some of us, that's not mentally where our head's at. We're not really thinking, oh, right now we need to leave, we need to leave. We're just thinking about how hurt we are and how shocked we are that this person that you that you love and that they that they claim to love you has done something like this to you. But I would I would say that yeah, it, as difficult as it is, you you do need to like somebody to talk to. And I feel like in this day and age, it can be anybody, even if it's not even if it's not your friend, even if it's not somebody that you know. If you feel like there's someone that you get that vibe from that you feel like you can talk to, I would say talk to that person because you never know how how much of an impact that person can have on your life. But I definitely think talking about things and like, um, as, as Sinead said earlier, you know, um, being, being a black woman, um, it isn't always easy to talk about how you feel. For me to this day, I think it's even worse. I find it so difficult to talk about my emotions and about how I feel. So I would say as black females or like, not just black females, but, you know, obviously because we all are, that it's not easy to talk about things. So I think having been able to communicate with somebody about something that's going on that is so personal is probably the best thing for you. I'd agree with a lot of what Chantel said. I think for me, it'd be not to ignore the red flags. I know it's so easy to um, say that, but not to ignore your gut instinct because my gut was telling me for a long time that something wasn't right. But I just didn't know how to, because like I said, it was really subtle and it wasn't so in my face. I just, I didn't have anything to go off of, you know, you've, you moved my shoes that was in the bedroom and my earrings that, but I left it there, but you've moved it. You know, those little bits or the things that you find. Um, so I think for me, it would be like not to ignore my gut instinct. And at the time I had a lot of women who had experienced it. So it was coming from a place of experience rather than trying to understand my own experience. It was coming from a place of you should do this because I've been through that. So rather than sitting down and questioning me and getting to explore my own thoughts, why I'm in this position or what, what's allowing me to stay. So I can actually reflect on, reflect on it myself. Rather than giving me the answers, let me try and find that. Work with me to find that um, solution. Rather than just telling me, you know, you shouldn't be in this relationship, it's bad for you. That sometimes is not helpful, it's not conducive. Um, and sometimes you need that friend. And then sometimes you just need the friend that's just going to listen and be there for you in that moment, even if it means you're not talking. But I mean, really try to speak to someone. Because it's different when you say it out. Holding these thoughts internally is really difficult and it's hard to sort of overcome these things when you hold it onto it so much. But just having that one person, like um, Chantel said, it doesn't have to be someone close to you. I found it more easy to speak to people that I only met for like three months, four months, rather than someone I met for so long, because it's sometimes a bit biased. 
you know their responses but I think you're yeah, just having that friend that just listens advises but doesn't enforce that on you like you should do this and if you don't do this you're wrong sort of thing but really just listening to your gut instinct and knowing that it's going to be okay you'll get through it that's one thing I would have told myself I thought I'd never get through I thought I'd never be sitting here talking about it and not crying or being upset or being hurt but there's light at the end of the tunnel might not come straight away but you'll you'll get it so that's what I would have told my younger self you'll be fine you'll be okay at some point take a while but you'll get there yeah I, I think you've both covered it well I think speaking to someone is the main thing it's one of my biggest regrets is not you know after the first experience of speaking to someone is in never speaking to anyone about it again um and I, it's so weird because I'm such a chatty person and there's a part of my life that I never spoke to anyone about for 11 years I just never spoke to anyone like it's it's just weird but like you both as well I find it easier to talk to someone that I don't know personally so if you can you know get help speak to a counsellor I mean I spoke to a counsellor um and I think when I spoke to a counsellor it was quite reassuring in some ways because I didn't know whether what I was going through was abuse or not um and when I started to tell her situations as I saw on a weekly basis when I started to tell her certain things that had happened she was like that's emotional abuse that's physical abuse and it was having someone confirm it because I didn't know whether it was in my head like I said earlier you see this stuff on the movies you see how how it's portrayed and I thought oh that's what that is this is different like when he's saying this stuff like oh you're sensitive you're too much this that and the other well, that's that's different. That's not that's not manipulation, but it was. So speaking to someone can help, and then educating yourself as well on on things like gaslighting and, and what that is, and you know different terms so that you can spot the red flags, like you said, Deborah. Like spot the red flags in the future, and and yeah, like if you're concerned, if you're getting into a new relationship, and you're concerned about things, then listen to your gut and and walk away so that you don't have to put yourself in that situation. Um, I just wanted to say thank you to all of you guys for today. I think it's really important that we just stress again that what we've spoken about isn't necessarily advice or how you should, you know, handle your situation. Our guests have given you their final thoughts, but it's mainly just to share their stories. It might help someone. To all of you, like I know it was really, it can be really tough talking about your past and bringing things up. So I really do appreciate it. So thanks guys. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thanks for listening today, guys. If you're based in England and you've been affected by any of the issues raised in this episode, you can reach out to the National Domestic Abuse Helpline. It's a free phone, 24-hour service, and you can also contact them online or via live chat. You can also use the helpline if you are supporting a survivor, and you can reach them on 0808 2000 247. That's 0808-2000-247 or visit their website at nationaldahelpline.org.uk. Thanks again for listening.